today we'll, we're going to get into the book of Acts. And um, one of the things that one of my goals in, in this is over the next several weeks, um, we won't cover the entire book, but I want to cover really the first two chapters of this book. Um, I've been kind of praying about what direction to go through in this. And so I'll be speaking this week and actually Oscar will be sharing next week. Um, and um, I, I, I want us to kind of go into this and understand leading up um, as we've kind of surpassed um, the time of, of the crucifixion and the resurrection uh, leading up over here in the next um, few weeks um, will be the day of Pentecost. And so Pentecost Sunday is, is coming up um, pretty soon. And I want us to get ready and understand and, and kind of get a little bit of a of a bird's eye view of what is happening here in why Pentecost was important, what it meant to the people, what it means to people now um, and what the book of Acts is about. Um, I think further further down the road, I, I actually probably will do a, a more intensive study on the book of Acts um, and maybe do the entire book. Um, but I, for now, I feel like, man, the first couple chapters here are going to be very, very crucial for us to understand um, and really understand what the Holy Spirit is about and what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, the book of Acts starts in, in and many people you know, talk about um, the book of Acts and, and have given it an alternative title of like the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Church. Uh, but in reality, the entirety of the book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's this, it's this, it's this um, dialogue, it's this, it's this discourse of what the Holy Spirit is doing in the early church, um, which really picks up from a, this is basically a two-parter of Acts and, and the book of Luke. And so if you didn't know um, much about the book of Acts, uh, Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. And so as, as Luke is the, the writer of the book of Acts, um, he's, he's writing um, to the, the Gentiles and the, and, the, and, and, and the church. But more importantly, he's writing to one individual. Um, and so we'll start with Acts chapter 1, um, verse 1 through 4. Uh, we'll read through 1 through 5 today. And so we're going to read, um, it says like this, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he has given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to uh, them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Verse four, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father. Uh, which he said, um, you heard from me um, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized uh, with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And, and we'll stop right there for tonight. Um, but Acts in, in the book of Acts, like I said, it's a it's a it's a two parter series of Luke and Acts. And, and Luke is a physician. He is a well-educated man, and, and Acts is written in a in a, in a even a type of Greek uh, called Koine Greek. That's a more educated form of Greek that the people would have known at that moment. And and Luke, as he's writing um, this this book, it's interesting to know because when he when he starts off with in my first book, 
meaning he's referring to internally to the book of Luke. So that we'll break it down like that. So it says he, in my first book, O Theophilus, um, he's addressing it to who he's talking to. And we don't know much about Theophilus. In fact, this is the only time he's really referred to. But the, the thing that we know is, is the word Theophilus refers to or means lover of God. Um, it means lover of God. He, it means a person. It's talking about a person. Um, some people have different theories about this. People think it's, it's, it's talking to lovers of God in general. Um, I, I like to think that he, he is writing uh, specifically to an individual because I think this is very interesting. Um, I think this is an interesting illustration. This, this idea is like I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. This is Luke. Now, nowhere in the Gospels do we see Luke being present in any of the miracles, in any of the, um, any, any of the teachings, in any of the events of the life of Jesus Christ. We don't find Luke present at all in any of those, those moments. Um, Luke is, is missing from all those moments. Um, and it could be very much likely so that he was not present or was not even a, a follower of Christ um, during the time of Jesus um, and he probably didn't even know Jesus. It, 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 there's, um, there's, we have to look at the evidence of what, of what is going on in Scripture. And it says it, it, he, he, he went through and he's dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. And I want to illustrate this for a second. Is that Luke, who is not a person who is, doesn't have maybe the first hand witness account. He doesn't have a firsthand witness account of what of of meeting Jesus. He didn't see Jesus uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. He didn't see Jesus heal the blind. He didn't heal. He didn't see Jesus feed the five thousand. He probably wasn't there. He's not talking about this as a as a firsthand experience. So what Luke is doing, he basically had to um, as he's writing it because he's writing maybe thirty years later, beyond the time period of, of when Jesus actually walked on earth. And, and at this time, he's 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 finding people. He's looking for witnesses that are still alive. He's looking for he, he probably traveled. He spent out of his own money. He went in and found people and looked for people that ha- that were there when Jesus fed the five thousand, when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was um, in some of the synagogues and some of the moments. So even though Luke wasn't there, he goes and finds people that were there. He goes and investigates. He spends money. He probably traveled different parts of just to go look for the testimony of Jesus. Now, putting this into perspective, I, he's writing to a man named Theophilus, this lover of God. And we don't know much about him, but people have described him as someone that could have been a, 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 maybe a Roman uh, general or someone of importance, a politician, someone who was highly esteemed. Um, I, I really believe that that God is calling us as the church to to investigate who Jesus is, to try to reach people who are going to be in places of influence like Theophilus. Theophilus is an important person. He's a he's this esteemed man and he's not going to be won over to Jesus just simply by, OK, I, I, this is this is one thing I can show you. No, what, what Luke is doing, he's taking his time to study and to travel and to uh, get the hand or the eye, I mean, the eyewitness accounts of people talking to them, sitting with them, interviewing them. And he's putting all this together into two books, basically one long book. This two chapter saga of, of Luke 
and what God is doing in the book of Luke, the gospel, and what God is doing in the book of Acts. And he puts it all together just to try to convince one person to reach, to get them to know who Jesus was. I love this story. This is actually one of my favorite parts of the Bible that I feel like it's hidden and, 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 and it's, people overlook this part. But I feel like this idea of reaching after the one and reaching after one person, just try to convince them about Jesus. As we're looking through this and we have conversations with coworkers, we have conversations with friends, people that we're trying to convince to, to understand who Jesus is and we're trying to win them over. I think, I think a lot of times we, we get discouraged and like, man, is it really worth it? Is it really, man, am I doing all this work for that one person? And really, 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 really uh, interesting about this whole, uh, this whole statement of everything that's going on with Luke is when you combine Luke and Acts, um, all the chapters of, of, I think Luke has 24 chapters and, and Acts has 28 chapters. When you combine them by words, um, this actually is, is surpasses all the letters of Paul and in, in, in the amount of scripture that is in the New Testament. So Luke is 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 the primary author of the Luke uh, of the of the New Testament. He has more scripture that he actually wrote um, than actual the Apostle Paul. Even though Apostle Paul wrote many books, he wrote thirteen letters. Um, there's 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 the Book of Luke and Acts that, are, that have a lot bigger chapters, and you know you have smaller chapters in and and the Paul's letters. He does all this to reach one person, to talk to one person. He does all this. All this research, all this traveling, all this, uh, all this interviewing people just to reach one person. He, he writes two books that are literally foundations for a lot of our doctrine, um, not just as a Pentecostal church, but as the church and, and what we understand the church is. And, and we look at, at this and we, we, we see the events that happen here. And he writes this, not writing to, I'm not writing to the Jews. I'm not writing to Gentiles, although he was probably considering all of them. But he says in the first book, O Theophilus, um, I have dealt with all Jesus began to do and teach. Think of this as a conversation between him and another friend. And I like, I don't, I, like the friend is here and, 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 and the, he's a person that's probably struggling in faith. And he's going to do everything he can to get him to understand who Jesus is, what Jesus came to do, and what the church needs to do next. The reason why he writes all this is to go after one person. And I feel at times, let that be an encouragement to us that that God is going to call us to do many, many things. And we're going to say, man, is it really worth it? And I know we sometimes it, it... it can discourage us or, or we try to pat ourselves on the back. Okay, well, one person came to the Lord. But here's the thing is that if that one person is a person of influence or if that person is the person of affluence in society, then, then who knows the dividends or the impact that's going to come after that. You know, Theophilus is this important person, this esteemed person, this old Theophilus that, that, that word, oh, that's like, man, you're, you're highly esteemed. He's doing all this because he loves him and he, and he goes after him. Luke was the author of this book. And, and, and as he's writing everything here, it says here, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach 
until the day that he was taken up, verse 2, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. When we get into verse 2, he, 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 he's dialoguing in his first book, going back to the book of Luke, of everything that Jesus did. I'm showcasing you everything that Jesus had done. I'm showcasing you everything that Jesus went through. I'm showcasing you everything. And I'm going little by little of everything after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the disciples whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs. He, he, he literally, Jesus, he was with us, with people. The Bible tells us that he even ate. He, he, he was with them. He, um, I, I love how, how the word was shared last week about, about that idea that, that Jesus called them out to, to cast their nets to the other side and, 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 and to fish. And, to, and he, he's looking for them. He's going after them. And he's showing proof. I mean, I, I love the passage of, of Jesus and Thomas. And Thomas is doubting. And Jesus has no problem. He's not rebuking. <coughs> he doesn't rebuke Thomas forever. He, he literally takes a moment to show him his side and his hands and shows him where, where, where things were pierced. He shows proof. And, and we rest in the, in the fact that Jesus didn't just die and, and resurrect like that's a fairy tale. No, we rest in the fact that there's evidence of actual people that saw him. He walked this earth for 40 days and 40 nights. He, he was with people. He ate with people. Um, he, he lived among us. He, he did different things. And he began to share, showcase um, different things that he did. First Corinthians chapter 16 says that, that, that there was over 500 witnesses that saw Jesus during this time period. This isn't something that, that, that people just made up. That this is something that, okay, well, no, this is a fairy tale. And, and this is something that the disciples came up and, with and, you know, to try to say, oh, Jesus... You know, Jesus resurrected, Jesus lived, Jesus did all these different things. It's not one of those um, fairy tales that, that people are just going to say. And this is something that people um, are going to believe in and, and, and it's going to stay with them. No, there, there's actual evidence because there was hundreds of people that actually saw and was with Jesus. And he says he presented himself alive to them, suffering many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. I can imagine that time, and, it, and it's interesting that the Bible doesn't really share much about that time um, between the resurrection and the time that Jesus ascended. Um, even in every movie or every, every illustration, it's this idea of like, okay, Jesus resurrected and he went to heaven, and, and he, was, he was up in the heavens, and, and, and that was it. Um, but, but there's 40 days here that... that, that that's kind of glossed over and, and shares like, okay, what, did, what, what was Jesus doing in this time? I can imagine him being with people, him spending time with people and people witnessed him as he, as they, 500 people were with him. They, he appeared to them. He came to them. He spoke about the kingdom of God and verse four, it goes into this. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. 
And that's, that's the extent of the verses we'll read today. But here's, here's what is culminating right now. What Jesus is doing right now is that he's preparing them. He's letting them know because of my resurrection that the kingdom of God, he said he's speaking about the kingdom of God and it's just getting started. That this is something, it's just about to get started. But, but he says to wait here in Jerusalem. I, I love John's gospel where he shares with them at, and, and at the Last Supper. He says, there's going to be someone coming after me. The spirit of truth, the, the advocate, the helper, the person that's going to help you. And he's going to glorify my name. He's going to show you. Um, who I am. He's going to give you help and strength. And that's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that that needs. Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is 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 not a, a force. It's not a it's not some sort of projection. It's not some sort of uh, just entity. It's an actual person. We speak about the Holy Spirit as if he actually is a person. We speak to him as a person. And the Holy Spirit's job is to help us to point back to Jesus, to testify. The Holy Spirit is not someone that, that is going to be a person that is superior to the Holy Spirit, as many of us sometimes think. No, the Holy Spirit is there to point us back to Jesus and back to the resurrection and help us be witnesses. The Holy Spirit is God here with us at the moment, here in our place and although we, 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 we think about manifestations of the Holy Spirit, we think in, in, in terms of the Holy Spirit and we think about types of services when people talk about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God, His, His power that's with us, that He's given to us. The Holy Spirit that is with us now. As Jesus ascended into heaven, He told His disciples to wait Meaning the mission is, is about to start. The mission's about to begin. But you're not going to get there yet until you experience the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get there to the point yet because, because John baptized you with water. But in a few days, it'll be something even much greater that you're going to be baptized with. It says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I, in the next few weeks, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I think, I think the Holy Spirit is going to move. I believe it um, here in our place and in, 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 in Vive. And, and I don't want to ever escape from the fact that, that Pentecost is who we are. And, and we're living like God is baptizing even today. But I want us to, to understand this idea of being baptized in the Spirit. And, um, and, I, and I, 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 I think that an important thing to understand is how how Jesus described it, because baptism in water is this idea of going underneath and being submersed. And when we baptize people in water is so that we, we, we show that there's death and there's life again. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, we're, we're going we're submerging ourselves, submerging ourselves into his power. And literally we're dying to who we are so that the Holy Spirit can come in and give us life again and help us spread life even further. It's not just this moment of, of it's not just tongues. It's not just, uh, you know, a crazy service. No, the Holy Spirit is what we need on a daily 
daily basis. It's this power that's within us that we need God to be with us. And as we share within the next few weeks, this idea of, and I want to point back to this verse one of how Luke is, is targeting this one person doing all this research, doing all this work to reach after the one. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come to us and reveal to us the one that needs Jesus. It might be that family member. It might be that friend. It might be that that coworker, that ex coworker. It might be a, a loved one, or it might be a, a, a an ex relationship, or it might be someone that you least expected. Someone you encounter at the grocery store, at the restaurant, and in, in, in your Uber, wherever you go, whatever you do, it, it God's gonna find find people and bring help us bring people, but through the Spirit's guidance. I feel that the next several weeks through seeking after the Holy Spirit and I want to and there's a reason and and, and why God is, is, is calling us to this right now. I feel like through the next several weeks through the Spirit's power, he's going to reveal to us spiritual gifts that we've never used and things that we've never even even thought about using. And he's going to he's going to reveal to us different things. And and I will turn to the book of, of John really quick. As we go back into this idea of, of what Jesus had done in, this, in these 40 days. See, Jesus had, had resurrected. And one thing that, one verse that I've always, I've always loved and, I, and it's so easy to surpass. But John chapter 21, at the very end of John's gospel, he, he, says, this, he says this in verse 24. John chapter 21 verse 24 says, This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things. And who has written these things, and we know that this, his testimony is true. But this is the verse that I always love. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Like he, he's saying, John said, in this time period, the reason, there's a reason I didn't write these things. The things in these 40 days, there's a reason why these things, because there's so much that Jesus did. There's so much more that Jesus wants to do. And if, and if you could take all those stories and write them together and put them in the books and we try to store them and we try to fill them up, it would fill the world many times over. All the lives that have been changed, all the people that have been, been impacted. As we get into this moment where Jesus is going to ascend into heaven, let us await the power that's going to come afterwards. Let us be passionate about what's to come and let's linger and and just wait on his spirit. As we lead towards Pentecost, let's wait for, for what the spirit wants to share with us. We, 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 we want to rush many things. We want to rush where God wants to do. But I feel like God is saying just 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 keep praying and keep seeking. And God's going to give us our Theophilus. <coughs> people that are going to need to be reached. And God's going to help us get there. So tonight I want to pray. I just want to pray for that the Holy Spirit will, will minister to us and pray. And our prayer would be like, God, show us a person that we can reach out to this week. And, and it might take time for them to come 
to church, but let us do the research and do the work and, and do the study and the, the, the healthy dialogues and the conversations with them. That whatever we can do, the conversations we have are just little but by little by little. We can win them over and bring them to, to where Jesus wants them to be at. So let's pray.